Hi there. I'm Joe Dudek, president and founder of Keyhole Marketing. And I'm Shannon Jarek. I work for Keyhole as the assistant brand manager. And this is Metaphorically Speaking, a podcast that explores the mysterious side of marketing. Hello and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking. Uh, you are in for a treat on this episode. We just had a really inspiring conversation with two of the three partners at Echo Architecture and Interiors located in Colorado Springs. So we got to talk with Courtney Wilson, who's an interior designer at Echo, and Scott Schuster, who's an architect over there. Yeah, we would have loved to talk to Ryan Lloyd, the owner of Echo Architecture and Interiors, but They've had a pretty full plate since really since COVID. They never really shut down. They were an essential business. So he was inundated with all the work that they've had, which is a great, great problem to have for sure. Yeah, good for them. (laughs) Yeah, it was a neat connection for us to make. We just got finished talking with Bobby over at Kinship Landing. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you can check that one out. But Echo was actually the firm that designed Kinship Landing. So just kind of a neat kind of small world connection that we were able to make there. Yeah, I just love, like, what a cool job to be able to live in your community, drive the streets, and have, like, play a role in changing the landscape. You can um, just really put your thumbprint on the community and change the vibe, the feel, the look, uh, just with your job. And I think what, what a cool, what a cool role to play. Absolutely. It was so cool to just listen to them talk about how intentional they are with those designs. And Everything is site-specific and considers landscape, considers community values, considers safety. You know, there's so many things that they have to really think about that I would never consider when I walk into a space. You know, I see, oh my goodness, this looks beautiful and I feel a certain way, but there's so much more to that conversation that happens on there and behind the scenes. So just a really, really neat profession for sure. Yeah, you could tell that they just think deeply about their roles. You know, they don't uh, just dive in quickly to the work. They don't just grab their Crayola crayon off the shelf or whatever, whatever they use for their job. Clearly, I'm not ready for this role. To do yeah, job. stay where but, you're at. Keep your day job. Yeah, for sure. Stay in my lane. <laughs> but they, you know, they just really take a lot of time and attention to get to know the client, get to know the people who, who will interact with the space. And just are very intentional about the the final deliverable. And I just love, you could just tell that in their answers, they're just well-spoken and, and deep thinkers. And I'm sure that comes through in their work. Well, and we love them too, because they played with Legos as kids. So sure. naturally we're going to connect to it. Yeah. If nothing else, that's where we can have a <laughs> Exactly. So thank you again to Courtney and Scott for talking with us. Really enjoyed this conversation and hope that you guys do as well. So I'd love to hear a little bit from both of you, Scott and Courtney, of just your roads to Colorado Springs. Uh, I believe I saw neither one of you. I think, Courtney, you're from the Midwest. At least you went to college in the Midwest. And I I think, Scott, you went to college in Kansas. So not too far away, but I'd love to hear a little bit um, of how you ended up here in Colorado and specifically Colorado Springs. Okay, great. Um, Well, I'll start first. And yes, you're right. I uh, did go to school in Kansas State, um, Manhattan, Kansas. Um, although I'm not from Kansas, I'm from, actually from Florida, but hmm. both my parents have strong roots in the Midwest. So it made a lot of sense for me to move out there and have some some good years with my grandparents. And um, from there, it was actually, I, I came through Denver to 
figure out where I wanted to go and live and start a career. And so I, I met a friend from architecture school in Denver and lived with him for a few months to figure that out and never left. And so um, I ended up working in Denver and practicing for about four years mm. and then um, met my wife and she was the catalyst for me actually moving down to Colorado Springs. She had been here for a number of years and we met and when um, our dating became more serious and we were looking to start a life together, it, it certainly made more sense for me to be the one to move down. Mm. And so um, I certainly didn't have big architectural ambitions or had any idea of what that would mean for uh, kind of a career path. It was just a, a way to start our life together and, you know, having some degree of faith that we would figure that side of it out as mm. we went. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm actually uh, from a really small little farm town in Illinois. Um, population. Was it down there in Carbondale? Or, uh, it, it was not, no. So I grew up in a town called Pawpaw, Illinois, population hmm. of just over 800. So wow. very small, <laughs> um, in the middle of nowhere, but did kind of branch out and, you know, moved away from home. Um, for college. So I went to undergrad, got my bachelor's um, at SIU, Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. So that was a big step because it was, you know, five and a half hours from home. Yeah. Um, and then I actually went on to grad school in Savannah, Georgia, um, and went to Savannah College of Art and Design. Spent two years there. And um, I had been dating uh, my husband, my current husband, <laughs> and uh, he was actually in the army at the time um, when I was in grad school. So we had a long distance relationship for um, a few years there, and he was actually stationed out here in Colorado Springs at Fort Carson. Mm -hmm. So once I graduated grad school, it was kind of my um, my motive to move out here and be with my husband and yeah. <laughs> all of that good stuff. Um, and yeah, the rest has kind of just fallen into place, um, ever since then. Um, this, this is the, the first job that I had when I moved out here working with Ryan. Um, so I, I got really lucky that, you know, I was able to, to, to find him and, um, kind of start that, start that journey. Um, and, you know, we've just, we've loved the city ever since you know, just moving here. And um, my husband's not in the army anymore. He's been out for um, about four or five years now, but we just really see ourselves in this community. So we haven't left and yeah. now it's just growing from there. Yeah, that's awesome. You don't pine uh, for going back to the Midwest anytime soon? Uh, you know, it's always nice to visit. Um, I can't <laughs> say. I can't say I necessarily see myself moving back there, um, but you you never know. You never know where the where life is going to take you. So yeah, for sure. My brother, he's, who lived out here for years, uh, also from the Midwest, he used to always say the Midwest is always a great place to be from. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you have those wholesome wholesome roots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, most of my family. I have some family in Indiana still, so we go back there and. I've done a couple of road trips this last year with COVID um, instead of flights and stuff. But um, yeah, we, we certainly okay. escape the mountains out here a lot more for sure. What are some of your earliest memories of architecture, interior design, kind of meaning something significant to you? 
uh, whether it's a childhood experience or things you used to do as a kid, or maybe didn't resonate till later in life? That's a, that's a great question. And, and most people ask if we played with Legos, <laughs> which I, I think every kid, every kid did. That doesn't necessarily mean you want to be an architect, but I, I didn't, I guess, understand that this could be a good career path for me until I was probably midway through high school. And I didn't really even know until I was in college, really what an architect even did. You know, I think a lot of people see movies and romantic comedies and, you know, they kind of paint a different picture of than kind of the reality of actually what we do day to day. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I first caught on to it. Just I loved art and took a lot of art classes during during school and was also, you know, fairly technical, too, and, and kind of on the math side of things, which, you know, we don't actually do math very much. But <laughs> Um, it, it seemed to be the, the kind of the perfect way to merge kind of art and science. And, um, you know, just I think the idea of, of having community impact and having kind of a lasting, the senior work last, you know, had a big draw for me as well. So um, I, yeah, from that point on, I was sort of on that track all the way through and, you know, went to architecture school. And from there, I've been practicing uh, really ever since. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure I have a vivid memory of kind of when it, when it really clicked. I was definitely a kid who played with Legos as well. Um, such a great, <laughs> such a great toy as a kid yeah. and learning tool. Um, and I mean, honestly, I kind of blindly, I guess, um, went into a major of, inter of interior design um, when I went to undergrad, also not really knowing exactly, exactly what it was or, or how that might shape things in the future. And just kind of had a feeling that it would be something that would be enjoyable. And, um, it, I mean, it, it's turned out to be amazing. And I, as I, you know, went through school, I think just having that connection to creating, meaningful spaces for people and places for people. Um, that was kind of the, the thing that's become my driver. Um, and just, you know, really being able to, to shape physical environments for, for others and kind of create this story in a different, unique way, um, depending on the, the person, the place, um, the client, yeah. the project, um, so that's kind of that's how it's kind of transformed, I guess, in my in my eyes. I love that. Yeah, of course, we love telling stories here. So just the, in a different way for you, for both of you, to be able to do that. That's that's beautiful. Is there a specific? I'll kind of make this broad. Is there a specific era or person or I don't know civilization that uh, that kind of inspired you? Um, you know, whether it's an architect or an interior designer or you know, the mid-century time period or the Roman civilization. I don't know. I'm just giving you some options. <laughs> it sort of stands out where you're like, I kind of feel like I always lean into this when I'm creating and it, and it, it always gives leaves me with inspiration and uh, creative input. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's a great question too. Um, 
for me personally, I mean, I, I have a love of history. And so I think I've always had an interest in just the, the ever-changing story of, of humans and, and our built environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's any one civilization or, or time period that really kind of sparked an interest in it. Um, it's all fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as I maybe more of a direct shaping of kind of where our work and our design aesthetic goes, um, you know, I really fell in love with the classic modernists. Um, this is the era of, of Corbusier, you know, Mies van der Rohe and, in America, um, you know, everybody knows Frank Lloyd Wright, but, right. you know, they really kind of charted the path to really where we are still today, building upon sort of the kind of the minimalist, clean, elegant designs and, and structural systems. And so, so yeah, and, and those guys also, I think, took a holistic approach to design that I think we still tend to strive for with, we're not just designing the shell of a building or the interiors, they design really everything inside and out down to the furniture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living, we lived in Chicago for a while. We used to go to Frank Lloyd Wright's uh, house and loved there's certain rooms in that space that I just loved just standing in for so long. And what you just mentioned there, particularly the furniture, taking in some of those designs, it wasn't just the walls and the window mm-hmm. shape. It was everything, uh, every small detail and really just brought you into that space. And <laughs> the transfix band held me there for, for many, many minutes and visited many times. So I can totally relate to that. Yeah. The the fact that, you know, it's still relevant today is a Mm -hmm. testament to, you know, their, their talent that it is standing the test of time and pretty, pretty amazing work to to have it without, you know, computers and our modern software to, to help them too. Yes. Good point. Yeah. And I would say I'm right there kind of with Scott, as far as, um, you know, time periods and other, uh, designers that that you kind of resonate with. Um, it's it's also kind of just that functionality in the design um, that that just really it's so simple yet functional. That whole form follows function type of mantra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something about that that just helps to create these more timeless um, environments and spaces and buildings. Um, and I think you know, for something that's, that's going to be with us for years and decades to come. Um, that's just so important, like only, not only from like an aesthetic standpoint, but just from that sustainability aspect as well, mm-hmm. you know, for, for designs to be, you know, 100% trendy, it's, it's, it's a trend, right? It's not gonna, it's not going to be there to last and you're going to end up, you know, remodeling or, building a new building or something um, after that trend time frame has passed. So to be able to, to kind of hone in and create these intentional um, designs and spaces, I think is just really, really important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. One last question, just to, just getting to know you personally a little bit more and then we'll dive into more business related questions, but I think about my childhood and, and when there was a space that really resonated with me was this, uh, if you remember the Studebaker cars, there was this warehouse. I grew up in South Bend, Indiana, and that's where they built the Studebaker cars in the forties and fifties. 
And I had access through my dad's job to go through the warehouse and just walk through there as a kid. And most of it was shut down and, and not safe to walk through. But there was many places where you could just these old industrial windows and these long corridors and a lot of broken glass and all kinds of remnants from the past on the floor. And I just always was so drawn to that space. It really kind of just helped me feel all the feelings uh, there, even though I didn't really know what, what they were. I just, just felt really comfortable and safe in that space. Are there places like that, spaces like that, that provoke you in certain ways, uh, whether it's uh, places that you design or even not even uh, buildings or spaces, maybe it's nature or things like that, just ways that things that really kind of engage you on a deeper level. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a, actually a difficult question because, you know, so many things do impact us. And I liked what you mentioned, just that, you know, you, you felt emotion um, walking through that space. And I think that's, that's something that good architecture always strives to do is really you know, we, we can impact people's, how they feel and experience space, which I think is really pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I would say just pure emotion is something I feel. Um, I, I spent some time in, in Italy in architecture mm-hmm. school and on studies abroad and mm-hmm. just feeling walking that past and these little medieval towns and winding streets and, you know, knowing that, you know, these buildings were there, you know, a thousand years ago is pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I draw a lot of inspiration from a variety of different places. And, um, I don't think I have kind of my go-to necessarily, um, something that really kind of pulls me in, but, I do find myself um, being drawn to more kind of nostalgic kind of items. (laughs) And it might not even be something that I'm personally connected to, but um, like I love kind of going and thrifting and just perusing through vintage antique shops and things like that. And it's something about the story that you don't even know about these items that you're seeing that's just super intriguing to me. And it's, it's almost like little time capsules of someone else's, um, someone else's feelings and emotions and stories and life um, in these things. And, and I guess I, I'm definitely someone who um, cherishes and treasures kind of family heirlooms and and things like that. So um, there's those types of, of items that hold a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to add to that too, you know, we we design for um, buildings to be site specific, and really they should be for that particular place and location and point in time, and and really there only. And and so I I feel like the kind of on the flip side, the the landscape is really something that I I love and. You, just, you know, we, we talked about the Midwest and kind of mm-hmm. on a bike strolling through the countryside and just seeing these rolling hills and just seeing what, you know, people in different time periods built as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, but everywhere you go, Colorado and Midwest, the Southwest, you know, it's kind of has its own, its own magic and its own, its own sense of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You're both touching on some questions. I look forward to, <laughs> to asking in a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for your, your spaces. 
Talk speaking about the business. I know you're both partners at Echo. I'd love to hear a little bit of first how you got connected to Ryan Lloyd, the founder of, of Echo, and um, and then as much as you're able to share from your vantage points, you know how this business came to be, what sort of inspired him and pushed him to to hit go on on a business like this. Sure, sure, and I'll I'll speak to that first, but. Um, yeah, Ryan Lloyd is the founder of Echo Architecture, and um, he is currently tending to our many projects today. So Courtney and I are, are here joining you. But um, Ryan and I actually have a similar story and start in Colorado Springs. We came uh, the same year, uh, moved with our families, or actually I moved down. He moved with his family from Denver the same year and um, started a new firms down here. So I actually interviewed with the firm he joined, which was an a firm that was based out of uh, Nebraska of all places and had opened a satellite office here in town. And I ended up joining another firm just across the street from him. But, um, you know, four months after we both started, um, the recession of 2008 was in full swing and just devastated construction and and, um, architecture and engineering. So his satellite office um, closed and they went back to Nebraska and, and left Ryan to finish up a handful of their projects. Uh, but that was the catalyst for him. It, you know, we have a kind of a romantic notion of kind of the architect charting out to, you know, design his own creations. And, yeah. and I'm sure that happens, but in this case, it was necessity for Ryan. He had just moved down, bought a house and, um, so he began um, taking on really any work he could to stay busy and small projects to start and, you know, home renovation here, and, you know, somebody's deck to some small commercial space and every project led to the next and to the next. And, you know, he slowly grew from there and hired his first employee and second, and third. And, and it's been pretty amazing to see what he's done in the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. And, the point that I joined him, I, I've been there now for five years, uh, but I knew Ryan um, back to probably 2010. We met and got along great. And, you know, it's a small town and especially a small town in the design industry. So we really hit it off and seemed to have, you know, similar attitudes and visions and kept in touch over the years. And um, the firm that I had been at, um, uh, you know, had a, a, a numerous rounds of layoffs and I was lucky enough to survive those. But at some point I became just burnt out and was ready for a change and the timing was right with Ryan's work and made the leap and one of the best decisions I ever made. Mm. Love that. Yeah. And I moved out here in 2013 um, from straight from Savannah, Georgia out here. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, you know, this was going to be my first, my first step into the, you know, professional realm right out of school. And so I was kind of really just trying to find anything I could. I knew I was going to be in Colorado Springs. My husband was out here. Um, I had to find something. So I was really just cold calling every firm that I could get a hold of out in the Springs and kind of the surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. Um, trying not to have to make the commute to Denver because <laughs> I knew that was going to be right. a total yeah. nightmare on a daily basis. Um, but, but yeah, I, I had just been reaching out to, to every single firm that I could, that I could pull up on Google and Ryan's, um, firm echo popped mm-hmm. up 
and I had sent him an email um, seeing if he was hiring and not even really knowing that at the time um, he was just really a two-man shop at that point. He might have actually just been himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, he funnily had um, just kind of put out an ad um, looking for an interior designer, <laughs> which I had not come across. Um, but he, he called me back and, you know, had ended up hiring me. Um, and I started like two months after um, we had our, our interview session and um, I was his second employee. Uh, so there was a guy who started, you know, just a month before I did. Um, so we were kind of the, the echo crew of three in 2013. And yeah, from there, like Scott mentioned, it's just kind of um, grown and blossomed from that point. And yeah, eight years later, it's you know, really, especially this day and age, it's really a testament of the quality of the firm. I think a lot of people in really any industry jump around and find different opportunities. But the fact that you stayed there so long says a lot about the, the firm. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't know if I really had any expectations, um, exactly for, you know, what I was going to be getting into, but, um, you know, the work that I saw, um, on the website, on Ryan's website, you know, I thought it was really cool. It was kind of interesting and unique and, um, you know, stuff that I, I hadn't really even seen, um, other firms in town kind of doing. So that was definitely an intriguing point for me and kind of got me excited to, have that opportunity and um yeah yeah what's stood out to you scott when you were looking um obviously as courtney said there's a little bit of i just need a job <laughs> so i'm sure there was a little yeah. bit of qualification <laughs> class hey hiring that works for me <laughs> but what, yeah. what's stood out to you and your recollection probably a couple things one i mean obviously you know, the work that Ryan was doing in the early days was was new and, and really kind of innovative for Colorado Springs. And so it was exciting to, to see that and, and want to be a part of that. And just the, I think the culture that he was even from the beginning, you know, building as far as just treating people well, really going the extra mile for our clients and putting in the hours, whether we had the fee left to do it or not, just finishing the project right. And, and, it just seemed to really resonate with me and, and was certainly different than, you know, other parts of the industry. And so it, was, it felt very grassroots and hands-on and, and, you know, being part of something smaller that could help build really had an appeal. And so, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, in the, in the five years that I've been there, the firm has continued to grow. I think we've, we've doubled our, our volume of work and we've strived as much as we can to, to re- keep raising the bar on the quality of design and, the creative side of what we do. So it's been great. We, you know, we are, we're certainly looking ahead and, and hope we can keep this momentum moving into the future. Yeah. And you mentioned some of the, my next question really, what sort of what makes you different or better in the marketplace? And you've indicated a few of those things. Yeah. I mean, I think um, one of our, one of our strong suits is that we really approach every project and client with fresh eyes and kind of a different perspective based on the needs of that project or client. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't necessarily, you know, regurgitate design solutions. Um, And I think, I think that's something that 
we all really enjoy doing is, is as designers, we're problem solvers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even you understand <laughs> that, right. like, it's just kind of inherent to, to the designer and in, in us and, um, you know, not one sol- solution fits every, every client. So being able to, to provide those more customized, um, approaches, I think is really important. And it, it really helps to set apart a project from other things happening mm-hmm. in the area and kind of what Scott had, had mentioned before, um, we've, we're all very dedicated to this community. We, we live here, we work here. Um, our clients are here. Um, at this point, we're basically 100% of our work is in the Colorado Springs area um, and primarily in the more downtown region. Um, so it's, it's kind of our backyard and, and we want it to be amazing and we want to see it grow and succeed. And, um, we want to see our, our clients and those businesses do the same. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that's, that's kind of what I guess I would say our, our niche is, is not necessarily a certain project type, but just creating really great design, um, for really great clients and really cultivating, this culture that's really starting to explode and in, in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And I'm still new to it, but I've, I've, I'm definitely seeing it come alive in the last couple of years since we've been here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think anybody that's been in the Springs, you know, more than, you know, the last few years has, has seen mm-hmm. just how dramatic it's, it's changed. It's, it's almost like a, a different city. And Absolutely. so, yeah, you know, I think one thing, mm-hmm. Ryan really, um, I think did successfully was kind of create the design market that didn't exist here quite yet. And, um, and that took just a sheer determination to, to keep, even with clients that necessarily weren't, you know, um, interested or or had an understanding of what the design could be, just trying to always raise the bar, raise Mm -hmm. the bar. And I think Courtney said it well, I think the, probably the one most unique things about us is we don't have a project type and, if you think about most uh, firms, they work in schools or they work in offices or hospitals or maybe a handful of project types, but we have no project type. We, we do it all. And mm-hmm. the one common thread we have between all of our work is design. And so it makes, makes it a challenge because we are constantly working on new things and different unfamiliar buildings or new buildings. And so it, it's always kind of a, a, a learning curve. Um, but it yeah. keeps it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the same, you know, challenge. We'd love to keep it efficient as possible in creating marketing materials and grab something off the shelf and give somebody else the next widget. But obviously, it's not going to be unique and applicable to them. So, uh, and it doesn't inspire yeah. us. It's always better to start from square one and really give them something that's you know applies to their to their unique story rather than try to save a few minutes and uh, mm-hmm. just as last time. And what a cool thing that you guys are a part of. Like I said, I'm still new to the area, but whether somebody actually uses some of your designs and, and enters your spaces or just drives nearby, it just creates a whole different vibe that you're, you both are a part of and your firm's a part of. And man, that's such a cool experience to, I'm sure that's got to be so rewarding for you to see like the community changing, whether you're hearing all the stories directly or not, but just, feeling the vibe changing based on your creations. Yeah. Yeah. And the vibe is, is definitely changing, especially West side and downtown. And, mm-hmm. um, 
and that's just kind of a, a fringe benefit from what we do is we we get to spend time in the spaces that we we the products that we finish and so it's it's great on a weekend to, to go down to you know Cerberus or Kinship or Loyal and and you know, really enjoy the space and we do, we try not to look at the one detail that we didn't get quite right but yeah, that's it's hard to avoid. Hey Shannon. Yeah, what's up? We've been working together for a while now, right? We have. Yeah, we're at three years already. Though yeah. I have to admit, Joe, there are there are days where it feels much, much longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, I'm def definitely sticking to yes and no questions from now on. That's smart. <laughs> um, but no, I definitely feel it. I think there's a few more gray hairs in my beard now than there were when I started this whole business. I don't think they're from you. I think they're from just business ownership. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't be certain about that, but that's just a guess. But there are a ton of challenges with business ownership, which is true. I mean, there's just just lots of problems to solve, it's way too much work to do in in little amount of time, mm. and lots of uncertainty. I feel like just second guessing myself a lot as a business owner. Um, am I doing the right things? Doing the wrong things? Just a lot of pressure, I think, as a business owner. Wow, you make this career path sound just super inviting. You should definitely <laughs> make the leap for sure. So, Joe, is that why we offer our one-on-one -on -one digital marketing consulting sessions then? Yes, you read that perfectly. Good job. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we definitely do. We, we try to really explore their story, find out what do they do, why do they do it, how do they do it better than others, and then give them a chance to talk. What are, what are some of their greatest frustrations, some of their critical questions I have to get answers to, some of their just business aspirations, where do they want to go from here, and we really don't waste any time we get it all done wrapped up in an hour so it's i think it's really valuable for them very cool can you explain kind of exactly what somebody is going to get in the end yeah hopefully some serenity now some some peace some answers to some questions mm -hmm. uh we we like to just offer some clarity on some marketing questions they might have been wrestling with uh, give them some specific next steps to take for their small business maybe give them some feedback or a second opinion on their on their current marketing approach or give them a new outlook to some of their old problems that they've been have, struggling with. So hopefully just some tangible takeaways to use right away. Absolutely. And and all of this can be theirs for the small fee of $1,500, right? <laughs> or <sure>. a grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm starting to rethink the whole pricing strategy altogether. <laughs> but as of right now, it's only $250 per one hour session. Wow. I love everything about it. I'm not the one that uh, can sign up though. So if this is you <laughs> and you're just ready for um, some marketing feedback, some answers to your questions, we would love to help. So visit keyholemarketing.us slash consult with me today and fill out the form on that page to reserve your one-on-one -on -one digital marketing consulting session. So at that point, Joe will be in touch to find the best time to talk. Yeah, hurry up before I change the whole pricing strategy altogether. <laughs> We do tend to work in a lot of different industries, you know, mixed family, residential. I saw a couple, you know, industrial kind of spaces. What what makes a project fall into the sweet spot? What makes it the right fit of work for you? Yeah, Cordy, you want to jump on that one first? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So I'd say that um, it's people who are looking for um, looking for good design kind of first and foremost, um, or who, who have an open mind to something a little different or 
might not really know exactly what they want um, and they need somebody to help them get there. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those are the, the clients and the projects that we find end up being the most successful because you are more so working in this kind of partnership track with your client versus um, trying to force something upon them um, that they're, they're not receptive to. Um, so yeah, I would say, I would say those are, those are kind of the, the people and projects that um, get us most excited. Um, it can be uh, that you have, that we've had clients that come in and, you know, they have an idea of what they want already or, um, they kind of have it figured out in their head and it, it can be a little more challenging to kind of get things to where, um, we think they need to be as far mm-hmm. as what the actual end result is. Um, so you definitely need to have that, that open mind kind of going into it. Yeah. I don't know what that feels like at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure you guys never have stuff like that going on. And it's a personality, you know, um, you know, fit too, that if we want to have fun with the clients we work with, because we're going to spend a lot of time with them and, you know, help their vision come to, come to life. So if we can have a good working relationship and have fun and have that trust that's needed, then, you know, I think that that really helps kind of set the course. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would also say, um, you know, we've, We've also, I think, made an effort to to work with people on all scales. We're not just doing, you know, maybe bigger projects or higher profile projects. We we certainly like to work with people that will value design no matter what they do or what their budget is. And mm-hmm. um, we've we've worked with different startups, and it's their 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 first business, and and that's been really, I think, uh, rewarding to see them become successful and open and and really, you know, kind of. I guess have the kind of the full benefit of design in the community right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Just a couple more questions. This one, hopefully, this makes sense. I've, I struggle with this one. <laughs> I try to have out of question for a while, but um, in Colorado Springs, there's there's just such a unique backdrop. Uh, again, coming from Indiana, you could drive 100 miles in any direction and not see much difference in the landscape, the scenery. Um, but it's really unique, a unique landscape here in Colorado Springs. I'm just curious how much the landscape guides or influences your designs or, I don't know, or, or could your designs work in Topeka, Kansas, you know, could they just sort of be picked up here and placed there or is it, does it need to flow within the landscape and the, and, and the, the topography basically of the, of the area around here? Mm-hmm. Do you want to start yeah, that's, that? yeah, that's, that's, um, that's a good question because our work primarily is, is downtown. And so it's a lot of urban infill old buildings that are being renovated or, you know, vacant lots. And so those, those are really focused on the urban environment mm-hmm. and certainly kind of relating to Colorado in a, in a broader way, mm-hmm. but I guess maybe less directly to you know, kind of the mountain landscape. Yeah. Um, we do have some projects that are outside of the Springs and in the mountains and those certainly have, I guess, a more kind of direct connection and materials forms, but, you know, maybe in the broader sense of just kind of tying to our, our landscape and, and climate, we, we certainly strive for um, sustainability and incorporating, 
any variety of strategies or materials we can to, to help our projects be more sustainable and green. Yeah. 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 I think, I think again, coming from the Midwest just a couple of years ago, the one thing I always pined for when I lived there was just a break in uh, perspective. You know, you, everything, you were, there was nothing to look up at or look down at because you're always flat. And I think like, yeah. you know, what I love about being downtown is that the mountain is always sort of staring at you and you can always, put yourself in perspective against it. Even if you're not interacting with it in that moment, there's just the sense of this imposing figure to the West. And I love it. I love that you know, shadowing figure a little bit um, in a good way, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So, Yeah, you, you probably could pick up kinship and put it in Topeka. I don't know how that would look, but it'd <laughs> <laughs> be a good experiment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Scott, he spoke very well to, to kind of that and just to add a couple a couple points. Um, you know, I don't think every every design solution that we provide is, is kind of very specific to the location, whether it's downtown or a, a house in the mountains somewhere that's kind of framing those perfect views of Pikes Peak or um, whatever that might be. And and I think what we really try to do is is make those. Um, those solutions that we bring kind of specific to the area versus something that's a little more cookie cutter um, mm-hmm. that could be kind of transplanted, transplanted to any location in the U.S. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. You talked a little bit, you just said, Scott, about sustainable uh, sustainability and you had on your website, like we are known for thoughtful design that is sustainable, memorable, and inspirational to our local community. The, the term that stood out to me was that memorable piece, the the middle term. How do you, how does a project become a memorable or, or how much, maybe more, how much are you in control of making it memorable or is it just sort of, you, you find that out later after, after the creative process is done? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, we, yeah. we certainly have an, an idea and intention of, of how the design will not only look, but function and how, Mm-hmm. You know, people will use the space and potentially, you know, perceive it. Um, but we can never fully predict that. And, and that's kind of part of the loop of learning from each project, you know, to help inform the next project mm-hmm. is um, we've certainly had times where things, you know, people use spaces differently and see spaces differently than we do. And so if we can, you know, I think kind of set things up to, to where the design really is has some flexibility, but really serves the client and the use well. Um, hopefully just having the community use and, and be excited about the project can help kind of, I guess, add that extra, you know, next step up to hopefully being memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just going to mention, I think kind of having, having those open relationships with the clients really helps us kind of achieve that memorable experience. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we find it memorable working with the client and patrons, you know, visiting that cafe or brewery or what have you, um, they hopefully leave with a memorable experience as well. And it all kind of goes back to this very intentional, intentional design um, where we try to provide something that's, you know, unique to the client and the space and the youth. And um, when working in, in more of like a commercial sense, um, kind of really tying back to the client's um, brand story um, and their vision and their mission that helps us inform our design decisions um, as well, because it's, 
it's really telling that story um, in the built environment for that brand or company Mm -hmm. um, and client. So I think all of those parts and pieces kind of work hand in hand to, to hopefully create this this memory of experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. Right. And, and I think you touched on it, Cordy, but the, the feedback that we get from that process with our clients really makes for a better outcome. You know, we, we're certainly not designing and just saying, here you go, here's your project. Hope you, you like it. It's a process and a back and forth. And, you know, in the end it's, it's, it's our clients, um, building, it's their house, it's their project. And, um, if we can get good feedback and a good process with them, it's going to have, it's going to have a much better outcome. Yeah, for sure. Just two more questions. Um, there's always this quote that I love by Winston Churchill. It says, our, we shape our buildings and afterwards our buildings shape us. And I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of architects and interior design firms over the, over the years since I've owned Keyhole Marketing. And I've, I've always been intrigued by the way they have, whether this known or unknown power to kind of wield um, uh, sort of human interaction uh, with their designs, you know, so the way their shapes arrangements can kind of engage somebody's brain or their spaces impact somebody's mental well-being. Even how much do you pay attention to the psychological effects within your creations, um, or or do you sort of focus more on the design and then uh, the effects will come, or are you trying to influence somebody's behavior as you're thinking through some of these designs intentionally? We we're very we're conscious of I think the effect the space will have on people, and obviously from a an aesthetic side of it, you know we're we model everything in, in 3D and really spend a lot of time in 3D. And so we're, in a sense, we're, we're building the project before it's built. Mm-hmm. Um, and from just a visual standpoint, we, we certainly understand how color, tone, texture, mm-hmm. scale of space will, will impact someone in, in you know, positive or negative ways. Right. Um, to touch on, I, I think you're getting at is more of the kind of the deeper psychological effect on people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a difficult question and I'm not sure I can, I have an easy answer for that. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to end with a softball here, uh, question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think it, it all depends on the goal of the project. Mm-hmm. Um, And one of the things that I have just found so fascinating with design is just its ability to inform behavior Mm -hmm. within community and individual people. Um, And it's, it's so interesting. And I mean, you could do a whole other discussion, like just on spatial influence and community and people and all of that. Um, but I think we we definitely keep that in mind as we're designing and, and it will inform certain decisions, you know, depending on how um, how we're intending the function of the space. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could give a million examples, but <laughs> it's, it's all kind of it is very intentional. And I and I would say that we we definitely pay attention to it um, and kind of use those those types of, um, influencers as needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- yeah I, oh, go ahead, Matt, please. Oh, I was just going to add one thing. I think you touched on it, 
Courtney, but you know, this idea of concept maybe is a better way for us to think about it. Um, mm. And I mean, obviously every design has to have a concept to, to inform what we do and why. Um, but when we develop concepts, it's not just how is it going to look, but there's sort of an aspirational and I think a deeper side to that, but it's different for every project and every mm-hmm. client. And, but that concept is sort of the, the marker we can always point back to and say, are we, does this decision follow this or not? Or should we do this this way or that way? But the concept is something that we really helps kind of guide us all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of related a little bit to the things that we write for clients, you know, and I think writing can be a little bit more obvious to somebody knows they are, there's a reaction that we're trying to get out of somebody, whether it's excitement, anger, persuasion, whatever it may be. And I think what I'm always so intrigued about your roles is just, there's a little bit more of that uh, subconscious connection to, to, to people that they enter a space, they feel good about it. They're not quite sure why they're not quite sure why they're thinking this way or, or behaving that way and, and all influenced through your designs. And I think, um, I mean, that's just always the, the most intriguing part about your roles and, and what you're, what you guys are able to create. Yeah. And what's kind of also interesting is that you can't always control, you can't predict how people are going to react, mm-hmm. especially in a spatial environment um, because people are going to do what they're going to do. And in right. certain projects or certain environments that we create, you know, you have to think about things a little differently as far as, um, you know, is something going to get vandalized? Um, like we really want to do this cool thing, but it's, you know, could be, could be yeah. a danger to somebody if they jump off of it or, you know, there's all of these other like nuanced scenarios, um, that might be really great for a project, but you might yeah. also be restricted on as well, just from the, how, how certain people might end up using the space That's unintentionally. And they're all people, right? So they bring in their own absolutely uh, and histories and things that you can't control. And as much as you want to put guide them down a certain direction, you know they they have their own factors you're, that are out of your control. What's as we come out of COVID um, a little bit? What what is the you know we've kind of been sheltered in in our homes and and are becoming uh, able to get out and interact. Uh, in, in spaces and, and places and buildings and stuff more. What is what would you say is what do we need in our spaces now more than ever? Things that we didn't maybe need pre-COVID. What are some things we must be in those in those spaces now that we would have answered a year and a half ago? You want to start on that one, Courtney? Sure. This is kind of a tough one. <laughs> um, I... I think one thing is, and this is going to be kind of contradictive, I guess, um, but kind of communal spaces, I think, um, although they've been kind of um, the no-no over the last (laughs) 12 to 14 months, um, I think it's something that everyone is just craving so much right now, that person-to-person interaction Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going, we're going to see that even more in the future. I kind of think, um, it might be in a little different way and I'm not sure what that looks like exactly. Um, but I think allowing 
safe places for people to congregate mm-hmm. um, is definitely going to be going to be needed. And um, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure as far as like other kind of spatial influencers, um, you know, kind of looking into workplace environments. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot more working from home kind of sticking around, I think a little, a little more so, um, than it was in the past and, and kind of that being a big thing that, that larger businesses especially are going to continue to do with more kind of, um, I guess we'll call them satellite or hoteling office locations where people can kind of pop in and out as they need, um, kind of creating that, that flexibility for people to use the space as they need, um, and when they need. So I could see more accommodation in that regard, um, not only in office environments, but kind of throughout a variety of space types. Um, maybe it's, it's more so involved in kind of cafe type spaces, um, you know, where people can, can kind of have more heads down workspace, but still be in um, like a more public communal type of environment. Um, so maybe it's kind of the bridging of those two, um, those two types of places, um, a little more than we see them now. Yeah. Yeah. And one, I mean, we've had a lot of those discussions this, this past year and, you know, those particular projects are finishing at different points in the year, this year. And nobody's known at that point, six months before what, what the world was going to look like. And so there's been a bit of guesswork and, I think the the easy answer is we've we've tried to to handle that with furniture and maybe doing less kind of built-in items and and allowing for some degree of flexibility. But it seems that you know as things are beginning to to open up, that a lot of the kind of the design goals we would have had before are are, are coming back slowly. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, like I said, that's it is a tough question to answer. We're all figuring it out uh, in our own spaces, and, and your your jobs have certainly have changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. But thanks so much for your time today. I loved hearing your stories. That um, brought you to, to Echo, and then um, just you as a company as whole, and what you're doing for Colorado Springs. And I have such an affinity for for your jobs and what you are able to create, and and I enjoy experiencing uh your designs not knowing at the time they were your designs but uh <laughs> well great well thank you thank you we we enjoyed it awesome. yeah this is this was great thank you so much for inviting us you've been listening to the metaphorically speaking podcast at keyhole marketing we tell big stories for small businesses if you're in the colorado springs area and ready to tell your business story We'd love to come alongside you and help you with your content, branding, SEO, social media, or photography needs. For an instant glimpse at your current marketing's strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities, take our free marketing assessment at keyholemarketing.us slash marketing assessment, or send us an email at hi at keyholemarketing.us and let us know how we can help tell your story. 